You are listening to Falling in Love with Failure. I'm your host, Sarah Rose Kringer. Thank you so much for coming back for another week of inspiring stories from creative entrepreneurs and professionals sharing their highs, their lows, and everything in between. We've got a great story today to share with you. They're all so good. (laughs) I love sitting down with people and and hearing what they've done in life and, and how they've made a way. And, and Nicole Murray, our guest today, is no different than the rest. She is extraordinary. Uh, I am so grateful that she sat down to chat with us. If you're liking what you're hearing, make sure to give us a like, a subscribe, a review, a follow. Here's this week's Falling in Love with Failure. Hey guys, welcome back to Falling in Love with Failure. I am your host, Sarah Rose, and today we've got a super exciting guest. I'm so excited to share her story and just her creative being uh, energy that she is. But we are with Nicole, uh, the designer and proprietress of The Order. Hi guys. Welcome, Nicole. Uh, And now I just realized Nicole Murray is your official name, right? Okay, I apologize for that. (laughs) Uh, But we, um, a, a fellow designer, so I'm really excited for today's chat because I don't think I've talked to any other designers yet. Uh, so I feel like this one's going to be really fun because we're going to have a lot to like relate on as far as like industry uh, life goes and, and all of that. We'll, we'll kind of have probably similar oh, yes, <laughs> highs and lows in some aspects. Um, but yeah, can you, uh, first of all, like, yeah, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about the order? Because I, I got like an email. This is how I was introduced to you. I got an email for, uh, for your event. Was that like a year ago now? It was in October. So, so almost like a year ago. ago. Okay. Yeah. So we've known each other basically for nine months, but have heard the name, heard, but have never met you. Um, <laughs> and went to your event, which was Amazing. Probably one of the coolest fashion events that I've ever been to. Thank you so much. Um, You guys, it was beautiful. It was like so well intentionally thought out. Every single detail. She had like vials of like uh, wine. (laughs) Syringes of wine. Syringes of wine. And you had, no, you had little like prescription bottles of like M&M chocolates or something, right? Like that. They're supposed to represent an antidote. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your vibe, your design aesthetic, and and the brand, um, because that was like my first experience with your brand, um, your collection, and it was it, I was like blown away. Thank you. That means really. It means so much coming from you. I, I think what you do is beautiful. So oh, I really thank appreciate you. that. Um, no, it's the the line. The brand is called the Order, and. I, I started it, it was based on a concept for something I had done in school, um, and that concept kind of grew and grew, and the idea in a very, I guess, short version is that um, it represents something that, you know, that people want to believe in, or that I hope they will, and so it boils down to creating things that's, um, that are pretty high concept, um, and I, I want people to understand the story behind each collection, why I did it, um, and have, you know, I'd like to give them a reason to buy the pieces that's more than just liking the way they look. Right. So I've always been highly conceptually driven. The stories that I create are usually some mix of either something I have seen or experienced and, you know, kind of combined with an alternate universe that I come up with along the way. It's and definitely <laughs> magical. I mean, it's one of the, it's not like fairy tale. Like, it, it is fairy tale, but in a whole different, like, a- aspect of it. Because it, it is, like, unreal um, beautiful, magical, but it's not, it's not like pink, you know, no. sparkly, <laughs> Whim, like it, whimsical in the sense that like most people are, um, you know, familiar with. Yes. Yes. So, exactly. uh, so I show up to this event and you've, I mean, and I, I live for all black. I mean, we chatted a little bit before yes, this about so our goth phase and <laughs> yeah. just like loving, loving all things black and, and just how good black feels to wear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so I show up to this collection debut and the pieces are stunning. I mean, the, the textures, the textiles that you mix together, everything about it, it's, you can tell you put a lot of thought and detail into your pieces. It's not just like, 
It's not basic. No, I appreciate by any saying means. that. I, I really, really worked hard to, yeah. to accomplish that. So I, I'm glad it was noticed. Uh, but what I love about it, too, is that the pieces are still practical in a sense that um, you had, like, a high-waist, beautiful, like, satin-piped jogger trouser. Mm-hmm. Like, it, so, like, they're, they're still practical, even though you also may have another high-waist jogger piece that is like completely see-through um with like some satin raw edge trim you know um well I know because I'm like I loved (laughs) I loved every single piece that you that you made and and since then just love following um what you do and the collections that you create so um but yeah there's something to that balance of because I think as creatives we struggle with like practicality and and like our what our brain and minds and souls want to create. Yes, it's a never-ending battle. Always, always, always. It is. And I mean, I remember when I first started, um, in my collection now versus what it was like when I first started, there was no, like, cohesiveness to, to what I was doing. Um, the pieces were, like, two-and-a-half-foot-tall, like, head pieces with, like, these skinny, 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 like, mermaid, like, and then giant flares. So, like, you so barely cool. even walk in them, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, the practicality of it all was, like, not there, but it was, like, it was avant-garde, right? So. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, and so, but it was interesting because uh, as much as people loved them on the runway um, or editorial, you know, editorial, um, you know art it wasn't practical and so it was like this finding the balance of practicality and and art and (laughs) making it wearable and making sure that consumers could actually like function right but still being true to yourself as an artist and as a designer exactly so I think that's like a tough thing for um for a lot of creatives to figure out is like refining your your aesthetic to what you know, what you love, what your passion is, but also making it practical. I think you do an amazing job. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm doing I'm that. Still learning. <laughs> I, I feel like every collection makes me think about it in a different way and try to readjust. Oh, for sure. Isn't it? You know, the first thing, um, and I don't know if you feel this as well. Like not now, I don't feel it so much as I used to. But when I was in school and kind of thinking about, okay, I'm going to be a fashion designer. Like, this is the route that I'm choosing. Was it ever, like, super intimidating for you? Because I know it was for me of thinking I have to have a collection every season. Oh like, for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Less the rest of my career. Like, and, and just, like, that fear uh, initially. And I don't know, not so much anymore. Because then I figured out, like, okay, like, a collection is, like, a few styles that you can transition into different lengths you know varying patterns so it's like it becomes a lot less intimidating once you get into it but like from an outside beginning perspective did you worry at all about like how am I going to like find creativity every season so much and the way I create and the schedule that I adhere to has changed over the years okay yeah can you tell us about that like what do you mean definitely um I did start out incredibly intimidated as you as you said and I, because I'm, I make each piece, you know, one at a time, it mm-hmm. was, I was trying to think, you know, how am I possibly going to come up with concepts that I, you know, believe in enough to work that hard on twice a year. Right. So I started out doing one collection a year. I did okay. that for two years. And this was when I had no idea what I was doing at all. It was just dive in, go for it, figure it out as you yeah. go. And then I started doing two a year. Um, I was working briefly with a very small PR company in LA, and they were suggesting, you know, you need to do two a year. Right. So I felt really rushed doing that because I wasn't following, you know, the kind of the form, not the formula, but the the structure that you mentioned about, you know, just switching out certain silhouettes or making right. things adjustable. So it was, I was trying to come up with two full new collections twice a year, and it was creatively exhausting. Right. I felt like some one would be great, the next one would suffer. Um, and so I, I stopped doing that um, last year, and okay. I, I feel like the work has gone back to something that I really love, and I can take the time to create something that I'm genuinely yes. happy about. But instead of not doing anything on the off season, I will just re-release some of the pieces that have done the best, and okay. that I love the most, into like kind of mini capsule collections, yeah. I guess. So. It's not exactly standard when it comes to the way the industry operates. But <laughs> I'm like, is anything standard now? <laughs> I, I feel say, like it's yeah. so... It changes it's, so 
Right. Yeah. And I mean, nothing about what I learned in school is even re- really relevant to today's no. uh, industry. It's, I, I feel like it was good at the time and it was great right. to go through the motions and the exercises, but now it's, oh my goodness. Just over. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> a whole, it's like they're rewriting the whole book for, for it all, but it's changing so fast. I don't even know if you can write a book about it because it is literally keeps you on your toes. Right. Yeah. Uh, consumers have changed just everything. Production has changed because now, I mean, and you work similar to how I work. Like I do one off limited availability pieces you do you hand make everything yourself right uh and so instead of having to worry or work with uh, and there's pros and cons to this but instead of having to like worry or work with a production house and being on their calendar their schedule especially if you're working overseas and they've got holidays where they take off the whole month of february right for the you know if you're in china and wherever you might be you're you're having to worry about um, shipping and everything that goes into uh, the schedule, which was the traditional fashion calendar, right? Mm-hmm. So you were working on a collection, you know, 14 months out or whatever. And now, now it's like, okay, I have an idea for something. I want it out next month. Yeah. And you can make that happen. Exactly. Uh, which is so fun. Because that's how I started. So I like, I was like, there was no rhyme or reason to, to my method. But it worked for me and it worked yeah. for my clients because they liked that custom like feel of getting something that, okay, she's making it and it may not be available for a very long time. It might be just like until that fabric runs out or you know what yeah. or until she gets bored. Like There's so much beauty in that though, especially in this fast fashion environment that right. we're living in. So I think strangely, even if you can't get it out fast as fast as some people would like, right. you end up kind of honing in on a different sector of the market who's right. interested in something that's a little bit more, well, no, a lot more, like custom and right. to order. And, and they not. appreciate it. Yeah, and they appreciate it. There's a whole different appreciation to, uh, and I think that's one thing I love about my clients, and I feel like we probably have similar clients, maybe not aesthetically, but mm-hmm. like mindset-wise that, yeah. um, that truly appreciate the craft. I mean, this isn't stuff that you're, like, just going into, you know, a department store and buying off the rack that has been mass manufactured, like, a ton of different hands on it. Like, it's, you know, a few different hands, for me at least, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then for you, it's just your hands. Yeah, most of the time, unless I I maybe every once in a while have somebody come in and work with me if I'm really struggling. Okay. But it's like an intern or, you know, somebody that I've known. Very close, right. Yeah. And same. I'm like, I can, like, go and watch all day long if I wanted to (laughs) the people that are making I mean they probably would be like all right enough is enough get out of here um but it is like a smaller process where you can watch every detail to that piece and you know your clients can go visit your workshop or your production site and kind of get that behind the scenes very unique touch feel to your pieces exactly I, I usually a lot of my my favorite and um most loyal clients are people who have come to me, you know, a few seasons ago, they got a few pieces Mm -hmm. and they love the experience. So they come back, not just for the pieces, but for that experience that we just discussed. They come in, we can talk about it, I can make edits if there's something about it that they want to change. Right. And so then they go home knowing, okay, this is being made just for me. Yes. Um, And when they get it, I, I like to... Even though it's something that they purchased, I like to deliver it almost like a gift. Like it's wrapped oh, yeah. and it's an experience to open. I think that makes makes it a little more memorable. I think you're, and from what I've seen, and I need, to, I still need to order that uh, tuxedo blazer. Was it from? Oh, yes, I'm like, I mean, yes. I don't know if you still have that. You're still making it or not? But I have. <laughs> I'm like, I still need to. There's so many pieces I still need to get. You do a hand painted your logo yeah, on a tee. Yeah, sure. um, yeah, Oh, yay! Okay. Um, You guys, seriously, um, just, like, interrupting this real quick, like, if you haven't checked out the order, what is the site? Is it thisistheorder.com? Okay, so thisistheorder.com. Just to get a vibe, you can follow um, your beautifully uh, curated Instagram feed. Uh, it's It's not something that you're seeing everywhere else, which is amazing, because I feel like, especially on social media... Yeah, it's, it's so inundated to, with like the same stuff over and over it's again. So hard to kind of set yourself apart. Right. So I appreciate that you no, it's that. absolutely beautiful, um, and it is very different. You just recently had you you did like a collaboration or a special piece for a video, right? Yes, for um, a really really talented. 
talented artist. Um, she's from LA. Uh, she goes by Luna Shadows. Okay. And yes. She's kind of like dark dream pop kind yes. of kind of vibe. Um, and yeah, she. We were introduced by a mutual friend a few years ago, and she was doing this video um, filmed in a skate park in Venice. And she wanted to have a drapey, flowy, black oh outfit. And I, I myself love to skateboard. And so when she reached out, I was like, oh, this is so perfect. So right. I, I did the piece. I got on my own board. I tried it out. I wanted to see how it felt. I love it. it. So and the video is beautiful. I mean, I've seen the snippet. I don't know if the whole thing is out yet. Is it? The whole thing is out. It is. Okay. Um, the snippet that I, I shared was... The, 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 my piece has a small role in the, the film I see. overall, okay. the video overall, but um, I was just grateful to be a part of it, and she's, yes. she's lovely, she's so wonderful. So Well, so your lovely. design was beautiful in it, too. It was definitely, you captured that, like, perfectly, the... <laughs> She was, like, on a mountainside? What was she skating down? Like, a highway? She was in Burbank, California. Okay. Um, yeah, that part of the video was not in the skate park. But, yeah, she was just on this kind of rolling hill street right. kind of thing. And it, it I was, like, scary. semi-terrified for her, but also, <laughs> like, it was absolutely beautiful. So I was, like, I did, I'm, like, hopefully, I mean, obviously it turned out well, like, safe. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I was worried. I was, like, but I'm, I'm like, those turns, like, because she was going, like, around curves yeah, like around roads yeah. on a skateboard and like not just staying on one side no, of the road over, uh yeah. so yeah so part of me was like oh gosh like what's coming next um but no it was everything about the snippet that I saw I need to go watch the full video was beautiful um and I think really captured your your art uh beautifully thank you thank you I was she, she kind of gave me a lot of creative freedom and just said, you know, I want you to put your vibe into something that will work in this context. So I was yeah. really grateful that she trusted It looked like, that. I was like, okay, we're about to see, like, I thought it was maybe your new collection. Like, it looked like a video, like, very on brand for your for you. And I was yeah. like, what's this new collection? <laughs> I, I can't wait to see. The new collection's coming. Oh, yay. Awesome. Um, so, okay. So we've chatted a little bit about your collection, your aesthetic. Um, can you, and then a little bit about the beginning, but can you like walk us through like childhood you a little bit? Like <laughs> how did you get to where you are today? Like that story, like sure. as a designer, as a creative, Yeah. what was that process? It was, it was, I, I don't know. It's kind of all over the place. Okay. I was, so as a as a child, um, especially in the context of fashion, I was really, really like, diehard obsessed with the Babysitter's Club. Oh my gosh, me too! <laughs> and so I loved Claudia. I was just she about was to say, favorite. I'm getting Claudia vibes from you. Oh my gosh, I loved Claudia too. I loved her so much. So That's I would, hilarious. I would kind of imitate, or at least kind of, you know, make my own little versions of outfits that I read about. Oh I would gosh. try to buy different earrings. I would cut apart leggings and safety pin them back together down the middle, <laughs> which is, you know, not probably a good idea. No, but, I um, love it. <laughs> so I would have leggings with, you know, one leg, one color, one leg, the other. Oh, my gosh. I was, I was a weird kid. Like, this was before it was, I love it. It was cool or I understood that it was cool to do your right. own thing, but I didn't care. Yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of did that for a long time, and I, in... In high school, I never wanted to wear the same outfit twice. That was okay. my goal. I wore some weird stuff then, too. And then um, in college, I was an art major, okay. much to my parents' dismay. They were not, <laughs> not happy about this at all. Um, but I, I really, my, my strength was more in um, graphic design, at okay. least from an academic perspective. Um, I, I did a lot of that, a lot of coding, things like that. Interesting. Um, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, okay. yeah, I still do it a little bit on the side, okay. just for freelance work. But... Um, I, but when I graduated, I, I worked for a small advertising company for a little while, and um, I was making things on the side all the time. And it was my mom who said, you know, I don't think you're happy with your job. I think you should oh. maybe pursue this instead because it's really what you love. So yeah. I went back to school um, with the intention of, you know, learning how to do it correctly. And so all these little things I had done growing up, cutting apart leggings. And right. All through college, I think I spent more time making my Halloween costumes than I did actually oh my gosh. papers and projects. <laughs> for sure. So all these things kind of came together. And I realized that maybe there was an opportunity in you know, taking a chance and following what I really loved more than anything and turning right. it into something. Oh my um, gosh, that's amazing. That's sort of a long... Are you from Chicago or where are you from? I'm Sorry. from Chicago, from the suburbs. Okay, really. okay, I wasn't sure. I always, like... I like born in the city and Chicago's like a melting pot so I never know where people are from and I don't know if we ever had that conversation because you don't feel like a Chicago girl. 
I don't like you know like in a good way. Yeah. No, no I mean I, like I not that. that, I that yeah. Yeah. That's like I just. No, I mean like, uh, and I think that maybe that's why. Same. Like I felt I grew up feeling like very out of sorts because like there was a style yeah. like, and I did not fit that style and. Um, probably would have been good pen. I'm yes. sure we. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we were the two oddballs like in our separate schools that would have done very well yep. <laughs> together in school. Um, but it's funny because, and you, like, mentioned just, yeah, being, like, you know, now it's cool to be unique mm-hmm. and, like, and, and to, like, follow your own path and, like, that's highly encouraged. And as as a child, that was not, like, the thing, for, you know what I mean? That was not. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to see. I think nobody really recognized it at that time. Right. And especially, you know, you as a, you, you want to do what feels right, but at the right. same time, even as a kid, you know, like, all right, this is not what everyone else is doing. Right. No, it was, I remember, um, and just the things that I would wear, like, I would buy the most off-the-wall pieces, like, and one of my things still favorite to do is to find the craziest piece on a sale rack and buy it. Like, I'm like, I'm the person that goes in and they're like, no one's touched that. Like, and they're like, I can't believe someone finally bought it. Like, that was always like, when I go to a store, that's like my favorite thing for someone to say, like the sales associate to be like, that's been here forever. Like, That's I can't believe she just bought that. But it, but it's fun because like it, I think one for me, I, I was a tomboy growing up. I was, grew up surrounded by boys. Like I cut okay. all of my hair off. Like would, <laughs> I wore hand me ups from my brother, like sports jerseys, like okay. overalls, flannels, like, you know, the Timberland boots. Like yeah. I was, I was a full nineties kid, but like a nineties boy. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but uh, I think the fun thing is, though, that, like, something about that helped create, like, this, I don't want to say I don't care, but, like, explorative yeah. side oh, yeah. of, like, the creative creative process and searching for something that wasn't being seen. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and so... Um, I'm interested to kind of see like how you nurtured that aspect of yourself in an, in an era where it wasn't like encouraged or, you know, uh, yeah, really nourished. Like how even at that age, how did I do it? Or you yeah. I mean, like what was your, like, take me through your thought process. Like what, what was it like to be that age and, and like, be like, I'm just going to put, you know, I'm just going to cut these leggings <laughs> apart and, <laughs> and put some uh, safety pins together and different colors and all sorts of things and rock it and like own it. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like maybe this isn't the most interesting answer, but I don't think I thought about it. I okay. just did it. No, I, yeah. I still, I even remember I went to Montessori school. Oh, same. And, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I wore, my mom got me these really cool band-aids. They were all different animal prints. And I thought they were so cool that I put one on every finger, like, and wore them as jewelry. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember this, this kid at that age, at like, what, you're five or something when you're in, you know, in Montessori Right. School. This kid was giving me a hard time about it. And I remember I was so upset that at first I was like, well, I just wanted to wear them. But yeah. I remember them not understanding, like, why would you wear Band-Aids when you don't, you don't need, need to? So I ended up saying that I slammed all my fingers in a drawer. And that's why oh I my gosh. all my fingers because I was almost forced to give a reason when I right. didn't understand why there needed to be one. Right. Um, and this whole, like, that's fascinating. I like that you said that, like <laughs> giving a reason when there's no need to, to have one. Yeah. Sorry. That, oh, yeah. No, that's okay. It's, that's kind of become a driving force in many ways, like form over function. Yeah. Kind of all the time. It's function of course is important, but form is usually the, the what reason. sets you apart. Well, yeah, it sets you apart. It makes life interesting right. and beautiful. And, um, it sounds like you were on that Nelly trend before Nelly was wearing <laughs> yeah, like the band-aids right. on his face or whatever. Like you're like, I'm, yes, <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> um, but it, it is, that's so funny. It's true. Like, you know, to be a kid and, and this is, I, I like to ask this because I think it's important to like remember, um, our mindsets as children, like when we dreamed big and we weren't afraid, yeah. like there was no, we hadn't like been told or taught yet that like 
dreaming big was crazy or that dreams yeah. were impossible. Like people were like, Oh, what do you want? Oh, you're going to be an astronaut. Yes, you are. And like nobody says no. Luck with that right. Exactly. Or They're like, you're going to go to space and, and like to have that like men mentality and mindset. And, um, so I think it's interesting to hear and be reminded that like a lot of times what keeps us from being happy or living our dreams or our goals or, um, our passion, um, is our own mind, like our own yeah. limitations within our minds, and if we could just unblock those things, exactly. All it's as simple as just believing it and doing it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like <laughs> practicing what you what you preach. Right. Yeah. 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 And taking taking that chance on yourself, on on your visions, and um, and I think that sometimes that can be like terrifying as a designer, right? Because like you're like. Yeah. I love this piece, but is anyone else going to love yeah. it? Um, you know what I mean? And and sometimes it's a flop. Sometimes it works. And, um, you can't predict it. No, so you can't. Weird. Isn't it weird? And yeah. sometimes pieces, and you're like, this was my least favorite piece, mm-hmm. but they end up being like the bestsellers. Okay. And, and last minute things that you throw in. Right? Thinking you'll take a chance, and then it ends yes. up becoming, you know, it does really well. Right. Yeah. It, it's always, it's, I feel like there is a method to the creative process, but also there isn't. Yeah, no, that's, that's well put. You're right, there isn't, there isn't at the same time. And so I think that's what makes it so difficult for creatives. It's like sometimes something works, and then you can try that same exact, like, methodology the next season, and it totally flops. No, it's true. I always think of it as it's a constant experiment. There's right. no goals. There's no specific recipe. It's no. just kind of just instinct, I think. Yeah. Ways, which, you know... I mean, unless you're, like, a big house, right? Right, right. They, like, thrive on a system. And now even that system has changed, but they still have a system. Like, um, you know, I follow some of my favorite, like, fashion bloggers, influencers, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them. Um, And, but, but also, and I love following them. I love seeing what they're wearing, what they're doing. But the system gets so mundane. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, gosh, you're at another event for another brand promotion, sharing another collection that basically follows the guideline for what's in style or trendy for the next six months, right? Yeah, it's less, it's not spontaneous. It's no. It's kind of overthought. Not right. Not necessarily in a bad way, but it's just kind of, that's what applies to that type of, you know, for sure. that type of social media. And it works, yeah, obviously, because work. they oh, make, yeah. you know, millions or billions of dollars, depending on whatever company you're talking yeah. about. Um <laughs> Which, you know, sounds nice, you know, sounds yeah. nice. To- <laughs> I, I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> I wouldn't be upset with it, um, for sure. But also there is, um, and this is something too that like, as, because I used to, we were chatting, like we're in, we're in my studio space where I actually started. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, but this space has seen a lot of like change. And, uh, but like, you know, we started making everything here. It was a very like, there was like, four of us sometimes in in this small space like in well just that square footage back there you guys can't see it also I'll upload pictures or something but <laughs> basically maybe like 150 square feet right back there yeah, you gotta just make it work sometimes. but but that was like probably like looking back some of my favorite memories in oh, the process sure. because it was so new and so fresh and it was like I don't I don't know if you've experienced that at all like as you reach successes mm-hmm. um throughout your career do you ever struggle with, um, I don't want to say, like, missing the high of all of the n- the new stuff? Like, you know, when it was all new and it was, yeah. like, you felt like failing was so big? You know what I mean? I like, know, I now it's mean. like you fail and you're like, okay, like, I've failed so many times where it it's hard still to fail. But, like... But also, it's kind of like you get used to failure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You become less afraid of it, which I think also allows you to take bigger chances and bigger risks. Right. I guess, and but also, like, the, the higher you go, you get more comfortable with that, like, growth. So, I guess I'm, I'm not sure if I'm explaining or, like, articulating this well enough. For me, what I've found is that the bigger the successes I've had, um, almost, like, the harder it is to cope with, like, the normal everyday, you know what I mean? You're like, okay, I haven't had, like, a huge editorial published. I hadn't, you know what, I haven't had, like, as big of a fashion event or, you know, whatever it might be or a celebrity in a piece. Like, 
like those things like are huge right they're amazing for your brand and as a creative like to see someone like of noteworthy or get that recognition I've experienced that like okay it's been a couple months since something big has happened yeah no I think about this all the time (laughs) okay I'm like I'm not I can't I hope I'm not the only one (laughs) not at all and then you start to feel stagnant yes Okay, I'm like, good, I'm not the only one that feels this. Because sometimes it can be a really dark hole. Oh, for sure. I've been in many of those. Okay, good. You ride that wave of one day you wake up and you're like, yes, this is it. I'm beautiful, this is what I want. It's like, I finally made it. And then the next day, it's a disaster. Right. You know, quit altogether. Yes. And I feel like it's it's kind of in and out of that. Yes. On the regular. Okay, good. I mean, good and bad. Like, obviously, I don't want anyone to feel like they want to give up their dreams or stop but it's a part of the process it is okay I think it's in a way even though it's hard to go through those moments I think they force you to really analyze things and right. sometimes being hard on yourself forces you to get to the next level and to work oh out for sure to get yourself out of it definitely I think too sometimes we get um we get comfortable in a pattern of creating like what works and what has worked mm-hmm. um and then and like we said things are changing so rapidly that like getting out of that comfort bubble to be able to get to the next level, right? right. Like, that's what it takes is, yeah. is getting out of that and being like, okay, like, yeah, no, scary because exactly. it's not going to keep me on the level that I'm at, but yeah. hopefully it takes me to the next level, right? No, like, it's, that's what I'm working with right now and in a big way. And it's, ah. it's, it's a, an interesting Okay. On, I'm like, I can't wait to hear, <laughs> hear more when we can hear about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things that like, I don't know if like we talk about it enough, like, cause we right. celebrate like all of the highs, right? Those are, everyone sees all of the highs. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's just like the mundane everyday yeah. life. It's, it's an interesting thing that you mentioned because there's something I've been, um, I think about a lot and in terms you know social media is important these days right. and it's, it's a lot of work as you know you know to so me, much to work and and <laughs> I think a lot of times I don't share things unless I think they're super interesting or really noteworthy or like beautiful yes. or awesome but if I think about this stuff that I go through maybe yes the mundane of course but also these struggles and things like that and I realize that I'm not transparent enough about those and I think sometimes, like especially when you are your brand, right. it does become interesting, and it's oh, yeah. a big part of the process. And I've never been super open about that, but obviously these things are happening on a daily yeah. basis, you know, at least to some degree. So. It's interesting, and I think yeah, like you said, like when you are your brand, because I mean, Sticks and Roses is my clothing line. Mm-hmm. Sarah Rose has like a whole different beast of itself, but like. It's been 10 years, right? So amazing, amazing, but also like I've evolved so much. So sometimes it's like, will people evolve with me? Like, you know what I mean? Because as a creative, like if you're not going to stay the same forever. Um, So it's like, will my consumer follow me through the phases of my life? Because it isn't, it isn't like a corporate house of, you know, the same, not the same, but like the same storytelling exactly and you're calling your own shots and writing your own story right and so you get to choose yeah it's interesting i've had this conversation with a few different artists in different disciplines and okay i've gotten interesting interesting responses about it just in terms of like if they decide to kind of change the way that they do their art or evolve like you said you know right. as a musician or you know a different a different type of visual artist they most of the time it seems like once you establish a following they're not necessarily only interested in your aesthetic it's you You. as a creative so they want to follow you which may not be you know categorically the answer but right I'm willing to believe that it's more often than not oh yeah but so I think in a way that maybe helps bolster any decisions to change and evolve definitely no I (laughs) no I think so too I think that's one thing um I'm so grateful to my clients to and to my friends and family because obviously like in the beginning it was just them, right? Right. But like that they have, you know, followed me this far, like right. this long, and it's like they're still there. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? And it's That's amazing that um and I'm sure because you've done this now, what do you five years. Five years. Okay, I was gonna say six, but five, I couldn't remember. Um but five years, and I mean, it's that's a long time, especially in a world that moves very fast. It's true. Because this this past five years has changed 
more than anything. So much. It's I can't keep track of it. No. I'm, yeah. I and and running your own house, right? Social media. Do you do your website or do you have someone else? No, you said you code, so I'm assuming too, you do your yeah. website. Um, you're probably your creative director for all marketing yeah. for I mean, it's ever and it's same. It's a lot. And besides like having an intern maybe or two a season, like depending on school and, right. and all of that, because there are seasons, I don't know if you work with the schools and, and everything. I, I have in the past. Lately. Okay. I, I mean, I'm so far off the schedule. I can't okay. even work on their schedule to get right. an intern during right. the time when they're available. So. I know. Yeah, it's funny because we're working on our next collection right now. Okay. And there's school. It's not like an internship season. So yeah. I'm like, and then by the time I'm finally going to be showing this is going to be when school starts and it's going to be like well this says you know what I mean yeah. you can learn the like marketing slash it's already been in process but now it's just like showing it right no, so exactly. it's hard to to be on that schedule even my the new collection was supposed to be spring summer 2019 but uh, I, I ripped it up I put it back together I okay over and I realized that given the way the industry is operating now the seasons are and I, I do say that my collections are mostly seasons setting, right the season titles are just for the sake of having a name right but I, I realized why am I forcing myself to call it spring summer when right it's not really it's not fall either right so I finally it's gonna come out in July which makes no okay. sense but a lot of designers are doing that even on the yeah universe, you know the fashion week spectrum so right I figured that's what oh it's yeah going everything's what it's gone going out the window yeah I mean even fashion week itself has changed so much that um I mean there's I feel like now it's it's fashion year like it's always always something going on it's not the traditional fashion show that I mean there are still traditional fashion shows but it's definitely working all the time Mm -hmm. to and it's not just like it's not full collections anymore it's like okay here's a new piece here's a new product like this month or yeah. you know or you know this season quarterly season um even week like I feel like some brands are doing like events every other week in different countries and each event they're showing a different product and how they do it it just moves so fast right yeah. yeah I guess the good thing is that it really allows us to continue kind of moving forward at our own pace and creating our own rules right. for releases and things like that I think a couple of years ago even it would have been really unexpected and right. not in a good way. Like, oh, it must be late or something must be wrong. And now right. it's kind of like, okay, whatever. There was a lot of pressure to like have it done by a certain time yeah. and and not just have the collection done, but then like your production lineup. And so I've changed the way that I've done things too, just because personally my brand has grown and it doesn't give me the flexibility to be in a studio working on a collection each season every single day. And that's what I'm striving to get to. <laughs> I'm somewhere in between. So I mean that's that's but great it, that you but it's fun, but it's still like it's still like, you know, the way that we're doing it now is we're doing like one or two pieces a month, like okay. a new piece a month. Okay. We're doing pre orders. Okay. Um and and it works for me, I feel like I'm like, okay, I'm finally at a place where I feel like I can still be creative because if I, next month, if I want to rip up whatever I had planned, mm-hmm. I can rip yes. it up and I can, yeah. I can start all over and, and the time frame, it doesn't, it, I can get things done a lot faster now, timeline wise. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in that, that model. I would like to kind of move into that eventually. Yeah. Yet, but no, I mean, it, it's something that like, I, I have good friends who, and they're actually going to be on in a couple weeks. So, uh-huh. uh, but they like. I've learned a lot. I've met a lot of people through social media and have learned a lot through social media on how to like make cater my business and brand to like something that works for me (laughs) personally. You know what I mean? Um, So it's interesting though, because it's not on a time frame that others are at. And, and I'm, I've never been one that I'm like, I want to be in Neiman Market. You know, I don't want to Same. be in big stores, department stores. And so I don't have to work on on that yeah. page or that same level. Once, I think once you realize that that's, if that's not something you're, you're interested in or that's not a goal, it changes right. everything. Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah. Because that's, that is, that's a whole different beast in itself. Oh, yeah. And you have to full force. I mean, that runs your life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For, yeah. I did one wholesale order. Okay. One. Um, it was 500 pieces that were going to China. 
Oh my gosh. And it was such a tight schedule. It was wholesale in China? It was, yeah, it was sold from here to China. Wow. Which is interesting. It's kind of, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that I got, I was a slave to the schedule. That right. That put me on the shipping. I was in the factory every day, overseeing right. everything. And it was, it took so much out of what I love about it. Right. That I decided right then and there it wasn't <laughs> worth it. Um, so yeah. So once you figure that out, because that's what right. it would have taken to be in a big store. Oh, yeah. All the time. All the time you would be having to meet those quotas, the yeah. deadlines. And I, it's funny because hearing like when you like when it hit you, you were like, I don't want to do that. That's yeah. not for me. Um, and did you do an internship or through school? Okay. Yeah. Um, cause for me it was in my internship. Well, it was, I had two internships. So like my, it was, I, it was my job, but also like they didn't want to pay me full time. So it was oh, called yeah, an, internship. an internship. Right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's like right out of school. Yeah. yeah. Doing everything in the office. But, but also it was because she was a slave to the department stores and meeting those deadlines and um every day I would come in and there was no joy like she had no joy anymore in the creative process and I was fresh out of school and like I had just shown in New York Fashion Week and like I was like doing my own thing making designs out of garbage like you know what I mean I was like (laughs) roaring to go yeah Yeah. and I and she was like when I first started, I was as skinny as you. And, and I was like, she was like, it's so stressful. And I just, she was like, I was on the phone until like 5 a.m. with China last night. And uh, everything about her life, I was like, I don't want that to be my life. Right. But it was huge. She was in Nordstrom. She was in um, anthropology, urban outfitters. Like, uh, she was in all of the department stores, in all of like the chain, you know, big okay. stores across the country. Um, and this was handbags and accessories. And... But it was that at that moment, I was like, I don't want to be stressed about it. You know what I mean? I mean, I get there's stress. There will always be stress. Always stress. But that's unnecessary stress to, like, just live, you know? Like, live your passion, live your creativity, and not need to make, you know, hundreds or millions of dollars a year to do what you love. I think that's that's one of the things. It is such a scary thought because you don't (laughs) want something that you love so much to become so taxing mm-hmm. and so anxiety inducing that you don't love it anymore right I think anybody who does this type of creative <laughs> pursuit probably worries about that at some point of course pursue it as a career of course um, so if you can manage not to let that happen then right it's much better oh yeah. Results. yeah and and i think the 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 beauty and also the beast of the retail brick and mortar system changing mm-hmm. is one not having to um have such high overhead all the time yeah. um, for, yeah. for brick and mortar and also having to fill a space with a ton of inventory mm-hmm. all the time. Um, that was something that even that was like, this is getting to be a lot like, you know, you were at the storefront that we were in, um, was that two years ago? Uh, on Damon yes. when we did the pop-up. Yes, yes. Um, and... I mean, that was a huge space, way bigger than we would ever need. Um, that could hold easily 15. Oh, that space, I mean, it's beautiful, but yeah. massive. So massive, yeah. a lot of work. So at that point, I was burnt out. I was oh, like, sure. I couldn't keep up with my own production, so I had to, like, buy from, you know, other brands and, like, supplements. And so it was this Sounds whole... Like a giant headache. It was a giant headache. I was, like, barely... Um, Barely, not barely breaking even, but, like, barely profiting. And it was, like, at what point is this, like, necessary or not? Right. And worth it, for sure. Um, Not to mention, like, dealing with staff and having to make sure that, like, you have regular, um, reliable uh, sales associates that are not just, you know, and we had an amazing girl, but she's only available on the weekend. So it was, like, no time off and no creative time. So um, what have... It's so burned out. So what do you do? Um, have you have you had that burnout feel? Or what do you do to, like, keep it at bay so you never reach it? Like, what are your vices, you know? <laughs> um, I definitely had it. Not in the same context that right. you described because I've never done anything quite like that. But I did get burned out after the, the wholesale experience just because okay. it did take so much joy out of it. I, right. I was there day in, day out. It took, you know, took away from what I love the most about it. I wasn't able to, you know, put my, my personal touch on things the way I really like to. And 
and made me really wonder. Because at first I thought that was the only route to making it a successful business. Right. Um, and so I had to really take a step back and kind of reevaluate and figure out, you know, what do I love the most about this? Right. And how can I incorporate that as much as possible? Oh, yeah. Um, so that I, t- I just took a little step back. And, okay. and truthfully, I mean, I'll be completely honest, I felt a little burned out even the last year. Okay. Um, so I've been making a little bit of a... I don't know, just kind of a, a plan of how I can allow, like, arrange my life in a way that allows okay. things to flow naturally instead of, I think one of the things that's caused some burnout is creating somewhat arbitrary deadlines and right. goals for myself that when you don't reach them at the time that you, for whatever reason, right. want, you feel like a failure, you feel, right. um, yeah, and that creates, creates burnout because you're working, 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 and then it's not done at that time, which right. doesn't necessarily matter. Um, right. So I think it's like it, a timeline that you've put on yourself. Yeah. It's not anyone else's but your own. Exactly. So you end up in by I guess by some token by your own it becomes a failure, but it's not really. Right. Um so it's been kind of I guess advice in a way has been creating more opportunities to have freedom. Okay. For myself. Okay. Sense. Definitely. Advice, but yeah. No, yeah. I mean I feel like I feel like same. Like and again, like I said, changing our online model and the pop-up model Mm -hmm. I mean it's amazing we can schedule a pop-up whenever we want to and you can schedule it weeks out you know what I mean like you don't have to do it six months in advance like it's something that like my collection's ready I have enough pieces let's do it um and and removing for me it was a lot it was financial like my burnout was like having to hit a certain number every single month just to pay bills, just to pay employees, just, and then to barely even like have any leftover for myself. You know, it was, it was a lot of, and, and not necessary. And that's what I learned, um, you know, through shedding the excess, like unnecessary baggage of traditional retail. I mean, I'm sure inventory in that sense would just create so much extra stress and you have it, it represents you know, something you could sell, but if it's not being sold or you can't, you know. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's been an interesting process. I always love hearing how other people, and you, you also are, I mean, your arms are amazing. You've told me about your, your (laughs) kickboxing or boxing. Just regular boxing. Okay. That is my go-to stress reliever. (laughs) I love it so much. I mean, I'm not sparring. It's just you know, hitting the bag. Well, your arms look amazing. You're, she's also like pint size too. So she's like this fury, like furiosa, like super woman, (laughs) superhero. Um, but no, so that's also super like to, to get physical, to get that excess, like anxiety and energy out. It's usually like whether it's, you know, boxing or running or dancing like an idiot. Travel is huge. Yes. You just, you've just went on a huge travel adventure, didn't you? I, um, there's been quite a few this past year. Okay. Like you were maybe in Morocco? No, where were you? Okay. Okay. My next collection is inspired by a motorcycle trip that I took. Oh my gosh, um, you're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's my, my next endeavor. I just got my license, so I'm super excited. Really? Okay. <laughs> I It's so funny because, I mean, you are like the surprise of all s- surprises. <laughs> like, I feel like you you wear so many different, like, not masks. Those are not, they're not, un- like, unauthentic. But you embody so many different traits that I feel like are, it's a mystery. I'm like, who is this woman? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, I, I love it. You keep people guessing. But also I feel like that is very much, you put, you put that into your brand. Because yes, every, every season it's, or every collection, it's like, I'm, I'm super intrigued. Like, what is the next collection going to look like? Because I don't think, it's like, it's in a sense predictable kind of yeah oh yeah but it's not like it's not at all predictable I'm so happy that that comes through because I know to you know to somebody who's maybe not as interested in fashion it's okay it's a bunch of black stuff and all this the same but I appreciate that you see the nuances because yes. there are like there are aesthetic nuances conceptual nuances yes each, each one is you know a thematic narrative that <laughs> maybe is somewhat linked to the previous one, but not really. Right. Uh, so I love that you. Of you course. That. No, I mean, it. I, I, I'm getting chills. Like, I love picking apart, like, the intention that people put into 
any whatever it may be that they're working on um, because it's like a treasure hunt you know what I mean uh, and for me that like makes the makes the collection or the brand or the um, business that much more um, and that's why your clients invest in it you know what I mean like right. they may not totally understand like the technicalities of all of it but they get they 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 feel it that's yes that yeah that gives me goosebumps too because that's when I find that and I realize you know I, when I do have a client that loves the the work they do love that part just as much yeah the joy the reason the, the oh for sure the I mean and it's very different but like Ralph Lauren like is all about like storytelling mm -hmm. like it's the collection is based off of a story and or you know what I mean it's a narrative yeah. of something different different vibe different aesthetic but um but those are those are things like I may not be a Ralph Lauren girl mm -hmm. but um but I feel like appreciate I appreciate that type of storytelling in the creative process mm -hmm. from start to finish um, and that's what I love so much about your collection and, and your brand and waiting for the next one. So July. <laughs> yes. July. As we as we wrap up here. Yeah. Um, so is there a specific date? Are you not holding yourself to a specific date? Well, as of right now, it should be up on my site on the 10th or 11th. Okay. I think. Um, okay. And then I'm going to be doing a launch event um, the week after that. Oh, good which to I'm know. Still out the okay. Um, Amazing. So this one's going to be. It's going to be different from the last one. Okay. Ways, okay. Um, but I think it's conceptually and aesthetically some of the most honest work that I've done. Oh. In any sense. It's, it's very much, it was very instinctual and very, okay. it's slightly subversive. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, you, will, you will see. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So keep an eye out July 10 or 11, potentially. Ish. That Ish. Week, that week. Okay. Week. Um, no and arbitrary deadlines anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Not necessary. Yep. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. Thank uh, you. I can't wait to see everything. Um, again, as we wrap up here, I like to ask a couple questions. I don't know if this really pertains to you. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Um, I like to take to give advice to 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 do something. So this may or may not fit for you. If it doesn't, just your advice in general for sure. creatives. Um, or young, young, you know, individuals, okay. unique individuals out there, um, the advice you would give them. What would you give yourself at the age of six? Ooh. <laughs> that is a good question. At I, the age <laughs> of six, that was around the time I think I was putting band-aids on all my fingers. Okay. And I guess it's hard to say, but I, I feel like those you know, people's opinions and thoughts start to filter in mm -hmm. around that, around that age, maybe a little yes. better. So yeah. if I could have told myself to tune that out, okay. um, I think that would have been, I, I don't think it, you know, I still did my thing anyway, but right. I think having those thoughts hanging over your head, wondering, okay, if I know people are going to think I'm weird, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. And maintaining that complete sense of innocence and yes. not caring about what anybody thinks longer would have been right. really great. Okay. What about 16? 16? Oh, God. I would have probably told myself not to drive anywhere. I was a horrible <laughs> <laughs> But no, at 16, I'm trying to think, what was I? I think, you know, that goes back to the first piece of advice. At 16, I was a little more worried about okay. what people thought. And I still I still did my thing, but it was, it was more with that sort of shadow. Right. And trying to, you know, wanting to fit in. And, yeah. Um, I wasn't, it wasn't cool. In high school, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> my, my own friends, but it was, it was never. I don't know, I don't know. I think I, I felt misunderstood, but yeah, sixteen-year-old doesn't. Right, I think. for sure. But there is a sense to like, um, I mean, like I had friends, but not a lot of them like really knew me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, and I maybe a lot of sixteen-year-olds feel that way, but like. I still, to this day, I'm a pretty guarded person for the yeah. most part. Um, as authentic as I, I do like word vomit a lot. But like, <laughs> uh, but also there's a lot that I protect. And, and so I feel like at 16, um, like that individuality, like in high school, I don't know, I just remember, I just remember like thinking there was something that people noticed that like I didn't follow the rules. I didn't like wear Hollister. I wasn't an Abercrombie. Like, you know, I wasn't yeah. preppy by any means. I was Me <laughs> way different. Um, but not knowing it, and I didn't show up the last week of school because, like, 
when I was a senior and they were, or maybe even the last two weeks. Um, but you know, when they're doing like the, what will you be most remembered for or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I got nominated for best dress, which was so weird that's because it was so I different thought. from, that's, I, that's what I ended up getting. Which yeah, is so funny. Isn't that so weird? And here <laughs> yeah. we are. And so I bring that up because like, you may not like, you felt like an outsider, but it's interesting because that makes an impact. So, like, yes, stay true to that, like, little quirky oddball. Yeah. And don't let it, don't be like everyone else. No, it's, it's true. You're totally right. I do remember at that age, I had one, you know, several, you know, a lot of friends, different groups, but there was my, my one best friend at the yeah. time. And I think we both brought that out in each other. We just, okay. we think we did not care. I love it. And I think anytime we started to care, we would kind of help each other. Yeah. And try to push that away. I love that. So keeping, keeping that, that one, like, person who's rooting for you, I think is important. To definitely. Yeah. Definitely. My best friend in high school was the total opposite of me. She was, like, like, you know, had all of the latest designer bag. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like was definitely like I I looked up to her because I was like wow she knows how to live in like the trend and element of everything that people like you know what I mean I was like but it was funny because at the same time like we were best friends so she like fully supported my odd weird self she was my my best friend she's still one of my best friends yeah she was complete opposite she's now a doctor she's oh my gosh super um analytical right she was always super preppy dressed beautifully but oh I mean, my we, gosh we, like completely you know she's a part of my weird yeah <laughs> so i think it's yeah maybe that is a thing you, you know kind of bring out the weirdness in each right other, respective weirdness. yes exactly yeah. all right and then the last question the last age and i i actually don't know how old you are but hopefully you're a little bit older than this. 21. Oh, God, yeah, I'm a lot older than that. I, I'm like, I, you're 34? Yeah. Get out of here. Oh, my gosh, I did not yeah. expect that at all. Yeah, but uh, I that but. Okay, so then uh, what advice would you have for your, like, 21, early 20s self? So, 21, yeah, I was just finishing college. Okay. Man, what, that was an interesting time. Yeah. I think I... I really thought I had it figured out. Right. And what, how much, I've changed so much, <laughs> like my 34-year-old self to my 21-year-old self. Oh, my wow. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I think I thought I knew what I wanted at 21, mm-hmm. for sure, and thank God I didn't pursue, you know, most more like personal life, the way I thought my life was going right. to play out, and the things that I thought I wanted were the things I wanted because that's what I was told I, I should have. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so... I think I would have saved myself a lot of stress and anxiety if I could have said, you know, what's right for everybody else is not right for you in terms of, like, you know, when you're supposed to get married and if you're right. supposed to have kids and you're supposed to have this figured out by this time and yeah. you're supposed to go back to school for this or that. And there, there's so much that stressed me out at that time yes. because I was just assuming that these were boxes that I needed to check. Right. Um, which I didn't check any of them. I'm a lot happier <laughs> as a result. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Doing it in your own time, your own way. Um, definitely. Those those boxes don't need to be checked, if at all, yeah. but definitely not at such an early age when I feel like I thought I knew who I was, but like mm-hmm. now in my 30s, I'm like, oh, yeah. like <laughs> if I had made those choices then um, to where I am now, like I, well, one, I would probably be a much different person, mm-hmm. um, probably not happy, you know what I mean? Yeah, Just because exactly. you didn't give yourself that time to grow and explore and but some people get married early and they are yeah exactly so if that's you that's you but yeah not you know again I guess not letting ourselves be limited to any type of traditional timeline whether that's for business or personal exactly I would never have started this line I would have stayed in advertising I probably would have been I mean I wasn't happy then I wouldn't have been happy now yeah and I did that oh this is our you know, it's a great way to make a living. Right. And, but it's not, that's usually as many psychological experiments have shown. Right. It's not necessarily the best motivator. Exactly. Um, oh, Nicole, thank you so much for hanging out with us for the past hour or so. Thank you um, so much for having me. You're such of a course. It's always nice to, and this is, you know, why we're doing this um, every week is to have that, like, that conversation, that friend that you need to have um, to share that story or to be like, keep going. Like, um, because yeah, it's something that I didn't have. And, And so I'm like, if there's something that I can share, I have tons of amazing 
connections that I've you know somehow found throughout my my years as a creative and sharing those stories those stories have helped me so much and I appreciate yours I'm happy to share it and I look forward to hearing the other ones that you are yes. coming across and that you're living from. I think we can all help each other so much. Oh my gosh, so much, so much. Women have so much to share. We've got some men coming on too. Um, yeah, that'll be real interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate it. You guys, thanks for hanging out with us for the past hour um, and for tuning in every week. Um, if you have not already subscribed, make sure to subscribe. This is Falling in Love with Failure. I'm Sarah Rose. Our guest today was Nicole Murray from The Order. And you can find out more about her collection uh, that's launching in July at thisistheorder.com. Yep. We'll link it below so you can uh, always find that in this. Um, well, I guess there'll be other collections that'll be linked to that in the future. Oh, <laughs> uh, but but make sure to check it out, you guys. Stay true to yourselves. Um, live a magical life. And um, yeah, stay true. <laughs> It, yeah, I, it's the only way to live, I've learned. So, <laughs> All right, guys, um, take care. Until next week, this is Falling in Love with Failure, and I can't wait to share more stories with you.